Welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host for today. Today, we welcome Lisa Burns, relauncher and attendee at our I Relaunch Return to Work conference with the Stanford Alumni Association last year. We are going to focus on persisting when discouraged, the pitfalls of only applying online, and combating age discrimination. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to 321 I Relaunch. Hi, Carol. Thanks for having me. Well, we're so happy to have you, and thank you for having this conversation. You worked for 30 years in firmware, software, and hardware development, most recently as a program manager at Dolby Laboratories. And then you took a relatively short career break of seven months, but this was after five layoffs. Please give us more details. That seems like a lot of layoffs. Well, in the Valley, if you work for um, startups, uh, layoffs are not so unusual. And I I don't consider that to be a a problem. Um, Some of those layoffs were because of the lack of funding. One of the layoffs was because of the 2008 uh, market crash. Um, And people in the Valley know um, how, how that goes and they don't hold it against you. Uh, when a startup gets funding cut, they have to do, they have to cut payroll. So it's not an issue. But I was out for seven months. Part of that was a humanitarian trip to Africa to give hearing aids to folks that needed them. And then I did some grant writing for that same organization. Um, and I was having trouble getting back into the job market. Um, I also had some video interviews where I, I'm pretty sure I didn't get the job because of age to, uh, age discrimination. Um, but I had fallen into the trap of applying to positions online, which really gets you nowhere. And so relaunch really helped me get back on track and uh, got me focused. I also had the perspective of seeing other relaunchers and realizing that I wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. It's so important. And we hear people say they walk into the room, into the, the um, conference room, uh, in your case at Stanford, and there are hundreds of other relaunchers there. And just feeling like you're among peers and that you're not alone is such an important moment for people. Yes, indeed. Uh, because it is very lonely sitting in your home office uh, looking at jobs online. Yes. So I'm just wondering, um, you you know, well, before we get into the whole relaunch process and how you got out of the uh, applying for jobs online cycle and and got your job, can you tell us a little bit about it? You're you're working as a staff program manager at Byton, an electric car startup, which sounds Super exciting. Can you tell us about your role in the company and, and, and how you relaunched there? So I, my job right now is to um, manage some software projects that are part of our electric car. Our car will be collect, connected to the cloud. And so um, we have a lot of work going on in terms of receiving messages from the cloud, putting 
firmware updates into the car, uh, things like that. The way I found this job was exactly the way you're supposed to by by networking. And a friend of mine, Joe, uh, I played music with him. That's how I knew him. And we had a conversation about the company. And um, I sent him a resume and I had an interview within a couple of weeks. Wow. And so, so let, let me understand this. So you had spent about a seven month period applying for jobs online. I, I know that you were doing your humanitarian work um, and then you said you were doing the grant writing. But so you were applying to jobs online and just getting a lot of rejections and, and not um, moving forward or did you? Well, I know it's not, it's not rejections. It's like going into the black hole. You, you never right. hear anything. Okay. Um, so it, it's not a productive use of your time. You you have to work that network. So did you decide that you were going to start having conversations with all the people that you were running into in the course of your daily life? And, and here, in this case, um, people that you played music with? Like, did you sort of decide that to make a conscious effort to do that? Or like what changed? Yeah, I, I started... I shifted when I did the math and realized how few interviews I was getting from applying online. And literally it was like one out of a hundred. Mm -hmm. I did, I did the math and determined that and said, Hmm, well, this is a dumb way to spend your time. So, so then I started uh, talking to friends and, and what I tell people who are looking for jobs is talk to everybody. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't think that, my music buddy would be able to get me a job, but there we were talking about my job search. So everybody you know, not just the people you think can help you, are the people you need to be talking to. So you're just having a casual conversation with them and saying about, talking about what you're looking for, and he happened to know that the company was that Biden was looking for someone with a particular skill set. And but like, right. who would know that? Right? Like you had no idea he would know that and tell you that until you had the conversation. That's right. That's right. And in fact, the last several jobs I've gotten have been that way. Um, one one that I stayed in for for six years and one that I stayed in for 18 months. Ah, and so um, tell us a, a little bit more, like when you were in the stage of having conversations um, with your friend Joe, like, were you, like, how, how, what were the other conversations like? You would just run into people and ask them what they were doing, and they would ask you what you were doing, and how did you talk about what you're interested in? Had you been, had you pinpointed it and, and gotten very narrowly focused on what you were interested in doing, or did you speak more generally? I spoke more generally, but I, but you know, the, these friends of mine that that uh, whose conversations led to these three positions, they knew what I did. You know, they knew that I was a project manager. They knew that I was a scrum master, and um, they knew that they had positions at the company open. Got it. And then um, what happened once he told you, he gave you the introduction and then you ended up with an interview and you went right into a an intensive recruiting process? Yeah, pretty much. So I got a call from 
recruiter at Byton and he had me come in for, I think I talked to five people. So there was really no phone screen. It was kind of like I was on the fast track <laughs> because, right? because an engineer had brought my uh, resume into the organization. Right. And then did you feel like, are you working with people who are all younger than you are? And did you feel any issues of um, age come up in the conversations or was it different than when you were doing those video? You know, I guess we should explain to people some of these processes. The very first step is you essentially have to make a video introduction of yourself and upload it to um, the recruiting platform. Is that correct? Um, I did one of those, which I found very awkward, um, but the other ones were just where it would have been a phone interview. It was a video interview. Got it. Okay. So like are people of all different ages at Biden or do you feel yes, that you're... So what, what I would counsel people who are, who are experiencing age discrimination, um, it's a very hard thing to fight. And, um, and you may not be successful. I mean, a 60 year old person like myself may not find a job at Google or Facebook. So you need to seek, seek out industries where age is not an issue or age is an asset. When you are building a car, you don't really want all 20 year olds building that car. You really. Mm-hmm want a few older folks supervising those 20 year olds because otherwise people are going to die. Mm-hmm. And the company I worked at uh, recently was a spacecraft firm. And when you're launching a, a half a billion dollars, that's B for billion. When you're ha- launching a $500 million satellite, you don't want all 20 year olds designing that mm-hmm. you want some experience there. So in both automotive and in um, spacecraft and defense, age is an asset. And I, I look around my office um, and there are people from all over the world, all different age groups. And actually not so many 20-year-olds here at this company. So that's pretty interesting. So you said you're 60 years old and you found that rather than fight ageism, you're saying go to places where age is not an issue or age is an asset. And you think that some of these industry sectors, you're naming automotive, space, defense, uh, it's there's it's actually an asset to have people um, who are older in the mix. Yeah. And that worked for that's, you. That's been my experience. Um, very, very interesting. Can you tell us before you got to this point, when you felt like you were spinning your wheels, how did you handle your frustration or an, a prolonged period of discouragement? Like, where did you find the inner strength to keep persisting? Well, that's a really good question because because my my boyfriend has eight-year-old twins. And when an eight-year-old says to you, Lisa, are you ever going to get a job again? Mm, <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's hard to take. 
Mm-hmm. And for me, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm a musician and I wrote a song about it. And you did. Can you can you sing it for oh us? Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just say that that the the title of the song is Hipster with a Man Bun. <laughs> I am not oh, kidding you. Great title. That's a great title. And I wrote it. Oh, I, love I it. wrote it really quickly in about an hour. I wrote the two first verses, which are talking about the frustration. Um, I didn't, of course, write the third verse until I got the job. Uh, but, but I mean, I laugh, and, and it's a funny song, but it was incredibly empowering to use art to kind of take back your power and get some perspective on the situation. And maybe for other people, it's playing tennis or painting or cleaning the house. But I found it incredibly empowering to to write a song about it and kind of acknowledge my frustration and take back my power. And my band really likes the song and so does the audience. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, you know, we laughed about it, but it's very, very serious. And um, what you're saying here is super, super important um, about y- you using art to um, take take back the power and get perspective. And, you know, I'm not going to push you to um, perform the, the the song right now on the on the podcast, but I'm probably going to want to follow up with you outside of this to see if there's some other way we can get that uh, the the lyrics out there and and the song itself because it also might empower other relaunchers. So we can talk about that offline. But um, I, I would I would yeah. make one more point though a, a more serious point about ageism. Yeah, um, you need to. You need to ask your friends and maybe ask your hairdresser, is my look current? You know, that yeah. means you're, you're not trying to be 20. You're not going to go out and get um, tattoos or something. Right. You're, but you do want to make sure that your glasses, your haircut, your clothes are current. Not, you know, not that suit that you wore to your high school graduation. And I am not making that up. Um, Right. No, it's a a really important point. You need to be current. And I, um, when, when my hairdresser found out I was looking for a job, she said, okay, that shade of blusher doesn't work for you. And Hmm. I took I took myself to the makeup counter in Macy's and had a makeover done. Ah, okay. That see, this is the kind of frank discussion that we need to be having, and it's important for people to listen because sometimes people feel, well, oh, well, that's a shallow thing, I, you know, changing my looks. But you know, in terms of um, ageism factors, it can be a factor. Uh, your your visual appearance, but also we say how you uh, talk about 
what you're interested in. Um, we, we talk about becoming a subject matter expert all over again and delivering that information when you have a conversation with people with energy and enthusiasm and body language that's looking them right in the eye. So um, let me ask you about that part. Did you feel that you had to update or review any of your technical knowledge before you went in and had these interviews or was your career break brief enough that you felt that that wasn't a problem for you? No, I, I tried to get current. I mean, there's no excuse to not be current with things like Linda or Udemy. These are all um, educational platforms. Yes. Or even just YouTube to talk about um, the area that you're applying to. I mean, really bone up on stuff. One thing I did, which was was kind of a, a scam, but it has worked for me. So I got a call from a recruiter saying, I have this job and you'd be perfect, but you need to be a scrum master. This is a big thing in software right now. Mm-hmm. And so... I, I'm like, okay, sure. I'll do that after I get the job. And he's like, no, you have to do it before you get the job. So I took a three day class and paid $600 to become a scrum master. Uh, it was totally a scam. The interview I had, I think was faked. Um, but being a scrum master has been a good thing. <laughs> so so I, um, I'm glad I did it. So you actually learned something in that course and you've been using it. It's been relevant. That's right. That's right. Interesting. For our listeners who are, have just tuned in, you are listening to 321i Relaunch. And this is Carol Fishman-Cohen, your host. I'm speaking with Lisa Burns, relauncher and I Relaunch Return to Work Conference with the Stanford Alumni Association attendee from, from last year. And we're talking all about uh, her relaunch and ageism and persistence through the job search when, when uh, the job search gets very frustrating and the coming out of the uh, cycle of applying for jobs online. So Lisa, can you talk to us a little bit about uh, what you ended up doing feels like you maybe stayed in the same function, but you changed industry sectors? Is is that what happened or or, or are you doing a different thing? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, to, to, to some extent, software is software. And whether you're doing software at an automotive company or at a, a conference call company is, is kind of moot. Um, Certainly, there are people here who are building, you know, doors and brakes and things, but I'm working in the software area, so it really wasn't that big of a shift. And can you tell us a little more about the your experience at the iRelaunch Return to Work conference? Uh, like what happened at the conference and what when you walked out of the door at the end of the day, how were you thinking differently than when you came in at the beginning of the day? Okay. Well, first of all, I think that attending the conference kind of lit a fire under me and, and got me focused. So for example, I, I had business cards made up. I thought very seriously about what I was going to wear mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, which was interesting because 
business casual in Silicon Valley is a whole lot more casual than business casual in the East Coast. I right. Um, Good point. We have to remember that for because um, we're about to have our, our 24th conference and the third one at Stanford coming up um, uh, on May 7th. And we do say that business casual is the dress code, but it is more of an East Coast definition. So we will uh, qualify uh-huh. that. Thank you. Um, okay, so go ahead. So you, you got business cards made up and you thought about what you were going to wear. Right. And I, I was very um, impressed with the panel of folks that spoke to the group. And especially there was one guy who talked about how to nail the interview. And that, that was very helpful. Yeah, that was Michael um, Neitz, who's an interview expert. Yes. Right, right. And um, just just knowing, like, there was a woman who had upped her software skills and was definitely having trouble finding a job. And she had been looking for four years and I, and she did finally find a job, but, and it was somebody helped her, somebody who liked her, someone she was networking with, got her in the door. Um, And so that was encouraging. It's like, well, hmm, seven months is really not that long in the scheme of things. Exactly. And, you know, I, I should say that the people who come to our iRelaunch conference and who are in the iRelaunch community in general have career breaks, usually ranging from one to over 20 years. So you with the seven month career break, it definitely is a shorter career break than usual. But the idea that you're 60 and that you had multiple layoffs, even though, as you point out in Silicon Valley, that that isn't even that many and, and, you know, people look at layoff situations differently. Um, Still you were uh, overcoming uh, challenges in your job search that I think all relaunchers can relate to directly. So uh, this is incredibly helpful. So, okay. So, so getting ready for the conference and being there at lit a fire, um, you, you, um, you did this certain amount of prep, you got these uh, tips. And then when you, uh, when you left, is that when you started having more of these conversations with people or had you already started to do that? I had already started to do that, but it really, um, I got multiple interviews after the conference. Um, so I think it just got me moving. So, and you would um, attribute multiple interviews after the conference to being more empowered about going out and feeling like I have to more aggressively talk to a lot of people and then you started yielding. I have to talk to people. I can't sit in my office and yeah. apply to online jobs. Yes. That that is a that is a critical message. So I'm so glad that that came through and it was really, really effective for you. Um did did you have to think differently about how you were describing yourself or your background or what you're interested in doing or had you already worked on that part? I kind of worked on that part, um, but it, it the, the conference emphasized, you know, being able to quickly say what you're looking for. So yeah. that kind of focused focused me. Yeah, we do focus a lot on um, not not giving too much information and and also 
um, not downplaying accomplishments. And it's, it's pretty tricky to, to navigate that and be able to speak in a succinct way, get the information across that is important, uh, but also not downplay. So uh, the, definitely those are um, key messages from the conference and I'm glad that, that those were effective for you. Um, so any other thoughts about the conference experience? Um, I was just really pleased with it. I, I thought it um, was, you know, good value for the money. I made contacts. Um, it, it was totally worth it. Good. I'm so glad that that uh, was your experience. Um, so, so Lisa, can you um, tell me just a little bit more about like what your life is like now that you're working? Do you even remember that you took a career break or does it feel like it happened a, a long time ago? Well, it feels like a long time ago, but it was painful. So it, <laughs> I do remember it for that reason. Um, yeah. I ended up, you know, landing a job with a very good salary and um, apparently there are going to be bonuses this year. So, you know, the financial part of it has gotten significantly better. But, you know, you're, you're just hitting on this very serious topic of when people are um, in well into their job search and uh, there's uh, they just feel like they're not making progress or they're coming off of even a boilerplate rejection or online or not hearing anything, as you're saying, for a long period of time. It can really uh, do a number on your self-esteem and your confidence level. And, and it's so hard not to take all of this personally, even though it's not personal. Yes, uh, that's very true. And I, I guess I would say to people who are experiencing that, if you hear nothing, you know, you're, you're getting radio silence from an interview you just had. It's not about you. It's about the company. And they either, you know, change their mind had their budget changed, had their headcount changed, you don't know what's going on and it's not about you. Um, for example, the, the, this Byton offer, the electric car company offer, I interviewed with them in March and they made the offer in early May. So, mm -hmm. so they were just, I don't know what was going on, but they, they, they were trying to hire the right person and they had to wait two months. So you just don't know what's going on behind your back. You know, I don't think that's that unusual. And I've heard even longer delays, but it's excruciating when you are yes. the person who's doing the waiting and, and you have to decide, do I contact them again? Right. Or is that, you know, is that they're going to think that's obnoxious or crossing a line? And, and then at the same time, you're thinking, wait, why haven't they been in touch with me? Am I out of the running? Oh. So can you talk to us a little bit? What did you do during that time? Did you check in with them periodically? And I how did you handle? I didn't. I, my experience was that radio silence meant they were going to contact me. And mm -hmm. Um, in, in some cases, like in my career, I have kind of played companies off each other. Like I've said, I just want you to know that I'm talking to X tomorrow. 
Mm. Or mm-hmm. I just want you to know that I have an offer from X. Because you don't, you know, especially if you'd rather work for the company that's gone radio silent on you. Um, so I've done that right. a couple of times, but otherwise I haven't bothered them. I, I have always, this amazes me. We do a lot of interviewing around here. I have always sent thank you notes. And only one of maybe 15 candidates that I've talked to in the last six months has sent thank you notes. So when you say send a thank you note, you mean not an email no, thank you, but an email. actual email. email? But it was so, just like. So only one, only one has sent an email thank you? Yes. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I'm totally amazed. I'm, yes. I'm totally I'm appalled. Kind of, I'm really surprised. <laughs> Yeah, because I I certainly yeah. did that with Biden before they went radio silent. I I sent um, email thank yous to everybody I had spoken with. Um, so and so few people do that that it it will really make you stand out if you do it. And there's no excuse not to. So you, I totally agree. Um, so you sent the thank yous, they went radio silent. And then like two months later, they got in touch with you with an offer That's or right. you were resuming the That's process right. wow. on LinkedIn. So I, I, I happened to be on LinkedIn and I saw this, you know, they, they show you who's active and whatnot. Right. And I'm yeah. like, wait, that's the guy from Biden. What's he doing lurking on my profile? <laughs> and sure enough, I got a call. Oh, that's good. So you had a little bit of it. There was something going on there because you knew he was looking at your right. profile. And and then um, you got the call with uh-huh. the offer. Oh, that's, that's, that's really good. Well, you know, I, I can't believe it, but we are out of time. And I I want to wrap up, Lisa, by asking you, the question that we ask all of our podcast guests, which is, can you give us your top piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already discussed? Okay, today? well, I, I came up with two. Is that all right? <laughs> Absolutely. Tell us okay. two. So it's all about networking. Applying online doesn't do anything. You really have to work the people. And you have to work everybody you know, your hairdresser, your gardener, your barista. They all have friends and they all um, have contacts. And so you've got to just make it really apparent to all those folks that you are looking. The other thing is the other thing is the hair and hair, makeup and clothing. You, You really need to make sure that you are current. Yes, both really top pieces of advice. Uh, thank you so much, Lisa. Uh, we're so excited for you. I, it's just great to hear this story. Um, can you tell us how people can find out more about Byton? Yes, it, you can just go to our website, which is www.byton.com. We're also posting jobs up on LinkedIn. And the company is based in China, but we have a large office in Santa Clara. Very good. Thank you, Lisa, for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. 
And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. For more information on I Relaunch, go to irelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.